0: Before this video gets started I wanted to uh, put out a little disclaimer, the audio on this episode is going to be a little inconsistent, I apologize for that. Um, We had some settings mixed up at the beginning, but it should be okay for most of it, but just be wary in case you stop hearing me in particular, uh, that I will be a little quieter than I have been on previous episodes. Alright, let's get started. Welcome back to the Three and D podcast, all things NBA in 30 minutes or less. I'm your host Justin Genius, and I'm back with Zachary Genius, my brother, and Brendan Murphy. On this episode, we're gonna do our off-season review, where we talk about the biggest winners, the biggest losers, the biggest moves, and the biggest surprises of the off-season. And there were quite a few. So, in an off-season filled with huge moves and a pretty interesting draft class. Uh, what do you guys? Who do you guys think was the biggest winner? Doesn't have to be a team. It could be a player, could be, um, could just be a group of players even. But besides the Golden State Warriors, who do you think was the biggest winner this off season?
1: Um, and this might come as a surprise, um, and it's gonna be a little controversial, I'm sure. Near, but I'm gonna say the Raptors. Um, I think short term they're winners. I think long term they're losers. You know, we all saw the jokes about Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> hey, I was probably going to say, hey, if you can get Kawhi Leonard for DeMar Rosen, I think you take that any day, and they definitely just got a lot better.
0: So, I think – so, you 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 don't think that, that he'll resign?
1: I I mean, it's, it's a possibility, but I think it's just like Paul George with the thunder. I think it's unexpected, but you never know. But I still think they're winners for now because, I mean, that was – a good trade on paper. The problem is, DeRozan was actually committed to that city, and we all know Kawhi is not yet. So,
0: yeah, that was yes. it was a pretty uh pretty big chance to take. But if if the Raptors can make the finals, I think they have a as good a chance as anyone besides the Lakers to to pull him in. And remember, they traded DeRozan and Pirtle, which means. They have no guys on the books, over the, after I believe two years. So they're it's a basically a hard reset if they don't uh, return Kawhi or bring Kawhi back.
2: Apart from the obvious choice, the Golden State Warriors, I think the Los Angeles Lakers were the biggest winners this off season. Uh, they got LeBron James, who's obviously the most valuable player in the world or in the league and the best player in the world. And uh, I don't think there's anything. I don't think you could win any better than that. Only reason I say the Warriors were bigger winners is just because uh, having DeMarcus Cousins kind of nullifies the uh, the impact of, or should nullify the impact of LeBron's move to LA, um, at least in the short term.
0: Yeah, they got a lot of value from Cousins, even if he doesn't play a single, even if he doesn't play a single minute all season, because no one else has him.
2: Yeah, you know what I'm saying that. I...
0: <laughs> if I had to choose a biggest winner this offseason specifically for teams, I'd say the Thunder. Um, most people expected them to lose Paul George this offseason and be stuck with Carmelo Anthony and a huge hole in the roster. Instead, they re-signed Paul George very easily for on a long-term deal. And then they're able to move Carmelo Anthony for Dennis Shooter, who I think is a very solid, probably a well above average, I'd say, for a backup point guard. Not a starter like he thinks he is, but a um, backup, especially considering the fact that they were over the cap. That's a solid pickup. Um, obviously, he can't shoot, and that's. One big problem the Thunder will have to try and solve next season. Because they don't have any shooters on, ros- on roster besides Paul George and maybe Alex Sabrinas. But I think that uh, that team is reloaded and should be more effective than they were last year. And they really weren't all that bad. in, And they were actually one of the best teams in the league for stretches. It's just stringing that all together now. It should be easier without Melo and his antics and inconsistency. What about for individual players? Who do you guys think, Uh, wh- which player in the NBA got the best deal or had the best offseason?
1: I don't know if, like, this is just that hometown bias, you know, but I think Aaron Gordon, you know, he really did well. You know, he gets to be the number one op- option on a uh, terrible team and gets a huge contract. So,
2: Wait, Brandon, Brandon.
1: Brandon. Yeah.
2: You live in you, – you were born in Orlando?
1: Well – Let's be honest. I know a guy live- whose friend live- uh, knew one of the players on the Magic um, 30
2: years you ago. Live in Orla- so. You live in Orlando now?
0: No. No. That oh, hometown bias. Hometown bias. That hometown bias. You, in- <laughs> <laughs> you live in Golden State? Is that?
2: <laughs> I don't have any hometown bias. By- I didn't say I had hometown bias. you biased.
0: <laughs> That's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know how how good it is to me to be a uh, to have a lot of money on a terrible team, though. I guess I wouldn't mind if now that I think about now that I say that out loud. But I think the whole rookie class run one pretty big this year, but specific because before Bagley joined this cl- draft class, it's expected to be a pretty mediocre one. But um, now that ever since uh. There's a lot of hype around this class now, and I think probably the biggest winner, in my opinion, was um, Trey Young, because the Hawks, Atlanta, is a great city, and they love basketball there. And the Hawks made room for him to take on a full starting role as soon as he gets there. Um, is he ready for it? Uh, we will have to wait and see, but I think him. Being there along with John Collins and them having a lot of cat space next year puts him in the position to be an instant impact player and to have a fruitful career going forward. And I think that uh, he's sort of going to be one of those first. He's going to be part of the new wave of point guards that um, has evolved since Steph Curry started uh, lighting up the league. Uh, Zach, who would you pick as your biggest winner this offseason?
2: This may be surprising, but I'm going to go with LeBron. I say this because uh, LeBron, he gets a fresh start. He he went home. He went back to Cleveland. He got him what he promised him. Uh, Now he gets a a fresh start with some young players, a lot of money, um, and he gets to bring his family to L.A. I think he won big this year. And uh, pretty much, LeBron's not only on top of the basketball world in terms of skill, but just as a as a human being, the basketball community, and even beyond now, is just respecting LeBron all around.
0: You couldn't say that any better. So,
1: all around, all around, just respecting the LeBron all all around.
2: Yeah. All around, man. That's one word to describe LeBron. That doesn't describe Jordan, by the way, but that's a topic for another day.
1: Yeah. It also doesn't describe Steph Curry or Kevin Durant.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: uh, that being said, I it, Zach, you made a really good point, and I think it's worth acknowledging the fact that uh, LeBron opened his I-Promise school this summer. And in that way, I guess he's a bigger – he's a, him and the students of that school and that community are bigger winners than – any of us in a way that's still more important than basketball, though it's easy to forget that sometimes. Well, as we know in sports, where there are winners, there are also losers. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Who do you guys think was the biggest? Which team do you think lost the biggest this off season? Zach. What? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, team
2: lost the most probably Cleveland. <laughs> um like Draymond said, I know why man, I didn't
1: that
2: <laughs> They're not going to be winning anytime soon so I mean whatever team loses LeBron in an off season loss of you remember what happened last time he left them when he left Miami
0: Yeah Miami And now it's going to happen Miami's stuck in that uh, Atlanta Atlanta Hawks type limbo where they can't tank but they also can't win anything Uh what do you guys make of the Kevin Love extension He got maxed out for 4 years and he's over 30, and most people don't consider him a superstar anymore. Do, do you think? Well, he's is- not over
1: 30 yet. He's 29.
0: He's 29. All right. So he's 29 years old. I thought he was a little older than that, but I thought still, it, he might.
1: Even, no, he's not 28. He's 29.
0: 29. So what? What do you guys make of doing that? Uh, cause I think
1: it, I think it was honestly a good option. You know, I think with the fact that now everybody has this uh, bad view of Cleveland's front office, I think you got to keep the stars that you have, and unlike you know an Aaron Gordon or a Zach Levine that are making a lot of money, I think Kevin Love is a solid bit better than those guys, and I think you can pay him um, a high contract. I don't think he's worth a max, but I think they made the right decision holding on to the guy they have, um, and then hoping Colin Sexton works out, and then maybe you have two good pieces right there. I think that was really the best-case scenario for the Cavaliers, because they really blew the whole LeBron situation.
0: Yeah. And I guess what they're banking on is having a little more money to work with once those atrocious Jr. and J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson contracts run out. Okay, Brennan, now it's your turn to talk about your biggest loser as far as teams. All like. right, well,
1: to me, I don't think there's any question that it's the Rockets. I think you lose Ariza, a defensive specialist, one of your amazing pieces and your whole group of role players there. <laughs> You lose losing a couple other pieces and you end up signing Carmelo Anthony, which I think is a loss uh, no matter how you look at it. And now you're looking at three ball-dominant players um, in a system that worked really well last year and cohesively. Um, But now you're looking at a ball-dominant guy coming in and maybe messing that up. So I think the Rockets are the loser. And they didn't get LeBron.
0: Zach, do you... Think that it's possible that Carmelo could properly adjust and be an asset to them as a shooter, or do you think that's that's a lost cause? He's proven that it won't happen ever.
2: Lost, I've lost all faith there.
0: Wow, to the point. Sorry, Melo, because you're definitely listening. Well, to me, I'd say the biggest loser is the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs losing their. Top five talent that they drafted, they thought was homegrown and homegrown and faithful. Turned out, at least from the looks of it, he ha- of it he has quite an ego. And um, to,
1: the thing so- about that, though, Justin, is that during the season, I mean, I would definitely say that the Spurs were a loser because of how he acted. But I think we knew what we were getting in the off season, and I don't think they lost by getting DeRozan. I think that was probably the best they could have done.
0: You know that's what a lot of people say, but I, I, I mean I disagree because the best case scenario is that your superstar doesn't turn down 80 million 80 million extra dollars just to get out of there. To me, that that's a huge blow to the Spurs' um, reputation as an organization because for the past 20 years they've been stalwart and they have never they've never wavered they never had to budge they've always been able to pick up players who fit into the system and don't have ego issues and now they have possibly the best player they've ever had and they lose him over what seemed like a pretty petty squabble to me that's I I don't see how how you could lose bigger than that Cleveland we kind of saw it coming the Rockets it's difficult to keep something like that together but the Spurs should have been able to get Kawhi to sit down, and talk to Greg Popovich, and smooth this whole thing over, and they, did, they didn't manage to do it. Obviously, when this many big moves happen in an offseason, there are bound to be some individuals who are less than pleased with uh, their scenario, um, players where super teams left, or even, or not super teams, players, superstars left, or perhaps even where players joined. Um, who do you guys think was the biggest loser as an individual this offseason?
1: Oh, for me, I, I think this is kind of low-key. I actually think it's Jimmy Butler. You know, we talked a lot how so? about um, We talked a lot about how Jimmy Butler wanted uh, to get rid of the jokesters and the people that weren't taking it seriously in the locker room. I think he was taking my cat. Um, and that team has been talent-wise um, – one of the best in the league for about two years now, and every year we talk about how good they're going to be and they're never performing up to standard. Um, So not only did Jimmy Butler not get out, uh, but he also didn't improve his team at all. I mean, his team is the same as it's been. So look for the Wolves to have another low draft pick and not go anywhere in the playoffs, and I think that's just another wasted year for Jimmy Butler.
0: Well, yeah, you're probably right. He's out of there next offseason, though. Um, Jimmy Butler, he's coming to L.A., Uh, Zach, who you got as the biggest loser? You know,
2: I'm struggling with this question because I feel like every player on the Cleveland Cavaliers is a loser.
1: Trevor Kevin Love.
2: And Colin sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound like everything revolves around LeBron and his decision, but but it kind of does. I mean, everything in terms of I mean, when we're having this conversation about winners and losers, uh, LeBron's decision seems like it'll almost be irrelevant in light of um, in light of the Cousins move and the Warriors being the Warriors. But uh, I just think when LeBron moves from one team to another, from one city to another, it just has such an impact on all the players, the organization, the city, the league, and I mean, the basketball world. Pretty much.
0: Yeah. Uh, that that's definitely true. But I, I'd say the biggest loser, and this isn't really an individual; it's a more of a player group. But I'd say centers. Centers as a whole really lost big this off season. We knew there wasn't going to be a whole lot of money coming in for for the big guys. Um, that would be free agents, but. While there, this draft class did have an unusual amount of talent coming with uh, big men. That resulted in players like uh, Dwight Howard, who is still a top, probably a top fifty player in the league.
1: Um, oh, Dwight Howard! I I think got uh, he was a huge loser this season. I think he had a great year this year. I mean, it was a, just a shame to see him get bought out. And the yeah, Nets could have used him too.
0: He got bought out, and then he he got paid he got paid the same amount as uh DeMarcus Cousins who in one in one aspect he wins cuz he, he's going to win a championship but in another he's ruined his reputation um he may not I, get a chance I don't to know f- fully show his skills uh, and that championship he's going to win people it's going to have an asterisk by it no one's going to count it um and he also had a chance and I think this center thing is a result of him and um and the talented draft the Suns could have gone after a center and free agency, but instead they drafted Ayton So as a result, there's less money available for, for big men. And then Cousins, who could have had who had the opportunity to sort of set the playing field for what a center is worth in the league, took almost no money, leaving guys like Clint Capella to fight for to fight for scraps. Uh, Zach, did you did what did you? I thought Capella's
1: contract was just where it needed to be.
0: You you don't think he's worth more than eighteen million?
1: I thought you know it, I think now we're so used to players getting overpaid that we don't see what a good contract is, and I think that's a
0: fair contract. <laughs> True. Yeah, I guess you're right. But for him as an individual, I'd say that he got shafted when he when you look over when he when you look a, a little wa- a little ways north and you see. Harrison Barnes on a max contract, and then uh, you look up at Chicago. Harrison Barnes, I mean, Zach Levine. Harrison Barnes isn't even borderline.
1: You know, Kevin Love to me is borderline max, right? Exactly. But Harrison Barnes is not borderline max. That's just dumb finances.
0: Yeah, Clint Capella is (laughs) dumb Clint Capella is worth a lot more than uh, at least three of those guys we just named, and he ended up getting less, and he's locked in for a long time. So I'm wondering. And I think that he would have taken that qualifying offer from the Rockets and allowed himself to become an unrestricted free agent next year. But, after seeing what happened to all the centers this year, he didn't want to take that chance. And that's why he's locked in with them for so long. That's the end of our off-season review. Again, sorry for the sound the sound problems that we had uh, because of the settings on the PS4. But, that won't happen again. Um... In case you didn't see the channel update, I am working on the script for a video, or I just finished the script actually for a video about Super Team, so I'm going to be putting that together and trying to edit that this week, um, so you should see our first scripted video about 15 minutes long uh, by, by Friday, and maybe Sunday of next week, um, and to go along with that you'll see a podcast where we further discuss the, the Super Team topic of the videos, um, hopefully, you and in- if you want to know more about our planned schedule regarding that, you can look at the channel update video that'll be linked at the end here. Um, the podcast is now on iTunes and um, Google Play. Then they'll go. This episode will go up shortly after you see it here on YouTube. And um, I'm still working on making sh- sure I can put it on other uh, hosting sites. As far as recording, we may. Go to Skype or another another si- source soon, so that way um, I can edit even better footage into the into this after uh, in the po- in the editing time that I have. Maybe actual game footage because 2K is nice and all, but it it doesn't quite capture the uh, the NBA feel the way I, some people might like it to. So with uh, with all that being said, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. We're looking for as m- any feedback we can get, positive, negative, um, and uh, adios.